Hello and welcome to Coco Pods podcast. My name is Dr. Bola Sogade. This podcast is a feature of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. And we are fortunate to have with us today Dr. Cynthia Korn, a clinical psychologist in San Francisco. So hello and welcome Cynthia to Coco Pods podcast. What kinds of people like counseling doesn't have to be a guarded practice reserved for a particular type of person who could be in couples therapy boyfriend girlfriend older couples remarrying couple therapy is for anyone in a relationship regardless of demographics sexual orientation or age yes and also regardless of how serious the relationship is meaning you could come with your boyfriend i've worked with people briefly even if people want just a little bit of help therapy can also help them that's something to know you can do a brief course of therapy as a couple just to work on a few things if that's all you really need and want or can afford because sometimes it it is something that you have to have time and you have to pay for if your insurance isn't covering it so that that's part of it too there may be a need to break down barriers to communication and have vulnerable conversations without pushing the other person away to make headway and i know you use certain methods in your field in layman's terms what are some of the methods that you use to make a person talk to you i mean do they fall asleep in your chair what are some of the methods that you use there are different things but i don't really have any there are ways to talk to them and it's hard to explain we would want to separate fighting couples for several reasons but why do couples fight more when they are apart is there a reason for that i think it depends on the couple i know that there's some research about touch and connection helping people calm down because of oxytocin probably but i think it de- really depends on the couple whether they fight more when they're together more or when they're apart more and when you say apart i think it depends on how apart are they far you know away from each other for a long time like one of them is on a trip or is it just during the day and i don't think there's any rule about that but i do think that when things become destructive either from both sides or on from one of the partners it is important to take a time out and i often talk to my couples who see me when they're having really high conflict about learning to first of all create some calm for themselves by doing meditation even which i sometimes recommend or learning to drop into their body and breathe immediately when they start to sense they're getting worked up which usually means they're going into a fight or flight state and that is a surge of hormones in your body so it's important to learn to calm down by feeling yourself in your body breathing it usually immediately calms people down learning to say i need to take a break if i'm learning you know if i'm going to be mean or if i'm going to hurt my partner 
or if there's going to be physical altercation, that's a danger for some couples that they could get to that point. And so that's really important to learn to do. Now that is a messy, often messy, even for me in the room situation, because I'll see it and I'll have to interrupt and I'll have to figure out how to help people if they're not able to stop fighting. But often I can help them translate that to something they can do outside the room. Yeah, that's helpful because even in my practice, I see couples come, they've just had a fight and stuff like that. And it would be nice for them to have even these simple mechanisms you have talked about. I guess you said feeling yourself breathe. Is that, is that? Yeah, it's a, it's a hard thing to learn. But if you can, when you start to ramp up, that's what I call it loosely, you can start to feel your heart racing. You know, there are certain things you can start to notice your body if you're not someone who normally is in your body. And I think a lot of people who are angry are in their heads, if you know what I mean, thinking about why they're so angry and talking at the other person without really understanding what's happening physiologically, what's happening in my body, right? And if I can just move my perspective and widen the lens just a little bit to notice I'm getting agitated. I can say, I need to calm down right now and I need to breathe. And that will allow me to drop into myself a little bit in a way that calms me immediately. Once you breathe, it really makes a difference. You slow down. Well, you're still angry about what is making you angry. You're still angry and that's okay. But if you're calm, you can talk in a way that shows your anger, but without attacking, right? Or without being harsh, maybe, or without making it impossible for the other person to respond, right? The problem isn't the anger, it's the way it's expressed. And I think that's important for people to understand. You don't have to suppress the feelings. The idea is to be able to feel angry. And when you're in therapy, there's a space for that. That's what I'm saying. It creates a space to be able to say, I feel this. I feel upset at you. I'm angry without like destroying the bond. And then the person can hear and receive it and take it in, in a way that they might not be able to if you're yelling because they have to retreat and protect themselves, right? From the attack. Some young people also say that couples that argue love each other more. Is that a paradoxical myth? I mean, do you, when, when you love each other more, should you argue more? Well, I think that maybe there's a way to look at that. I think it makes it sound more paradoxical than it really is. I think what it means is communication is better because arguments happen. I think it's important to recognize difference. You are not the same as your partner. They have a different mind. You know, you're attracted for a reason, possibly because they are different, but we're all different. Nobody's the same. So, you know, you may want them to look at things exactly the way you do. I think this is common. Everyone does at some point, And we don't even realize we're doing that. If we're doing that, we're saying, I don't want your way of seeing it to enter. It's my way or the highway, right? 
I mean, I'm simplifying, but but I think when people argue, they're getting a, they're opening up their minds if they're doing it well. That's the question. Can you argue well? Do you know how to open up and talk about your difference and accept it at the same time? That's the important thing is you have to ultimately accept the difference, but you have to you can fight as long as you're doing it in a healthy way. I mean, if it's all the time, it's not healthy. So I think that's the other thing is what is healthy arguing and what isn't. I've seen couples who argue all the time. And I would say, even though they're not screaming or yelling, it's too much. They have to learn to calm down. And then you see people who don't ever speak their minds. And that's worse because then they're not sharing anything. So I think it, there's a fine line. You know, it's a it's a spectrum. Oh, thank you. This is such important information. I hope I hope that it was clear. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. How about the big fights? You know, people have little fights. I mean, they have big what they classify as big fights, in which I don't know. There's a spectrum of that. You know, what maybe one couple moves out, or one couple almost becomes physical. What is it? Is it normal for couples to have big fights? Well, I don't know if it's. I wouldn't worry about whether it's normal. It's a blow to the couple relationship. It can even be traumatic, depending on how bad it is. And at that point, if there's estrangement, one of the difficulties is how do you even make it to couple therapy? And that's one of the hardest parts. If people wait till the conflict is really bad or there's an abrupt thing that comes in, at least the hope is they can find a way to get to the couple therapy and begin the work. Because even if they aren't speaking, I've worked with couples and helped them. I've actually done that where they don't even speak on the outside, but they've made it into therapy and they're there and then I can help them. But if they don't make it, then one of them has to go to therapy independently. This happens a lot and then drag the other one in eventually and if the other is unwilling, then that may not work. It's a very hard thing. You know, first argument, what happens if that reconnection doesn't happen? Well, I wouldn't say there's a general rule about that. What I'm saying, I guess, is there's every possible permutation of this. I do think it's hard. It makes it harder when there's no reconnection, though. I think if people can figure out a way to come back together, even if it's just to meet and agree to disagree and say, I'm not ready to be with you, but I want to try to talk to you about how I feel and listen to how you feel, even though we have a difference or a disagreement that's very big. I think that's important to begin a conversation if possible. It can be natural to feel anxious if one's partner needs some time to cool off and to collect their thoughts. Why is it important to respect when someone says, I need a break? Well, that's very interesting. I get this a lot. And I have to say, without making a generalization, but I am making one. It's often the, the male partner in the male-female partnerships in my office who needs space, often to 
think through what their feelings are, because I think it's much more common for women to know their emotions and have them ready to express, partly because of the way we're socialized. And women are just more used to talking about feelings with their friends, with family. It's just more natural in our culture anyway. It doesn't mean it's always that way. I say it's not a general rule. But there are going to be situations where one partner of the two needs space to think and calm down and reflect enough to be able to talk. And it might even feel unsafe for that person until they're ready. And I think it's very important for the other to recognize there's no harm in that. We don't have to solve this immediately. If you push somebody so far that they're not able to cope and they are not ready to take part in a full conversation, that might be destructive to that person and make them withdraw more regularly. It's actually not a good thing not to give. You have to give your partner space to take time to get ready to come back. Now, if that person is just using it as an excuse, you'll find out soon enough. Or if it's always a way to retreat and get away from conflict, that is unhealthy because conflict needs to occur in a manner that makes sense in the couple relationship. It's not okay to always be the one that leaves the argument and leaves the other person with all the feelings and thoughts and the need to talk. That's not okay either. You see what I'm saying? So, but what in the press of creating space? You What's know, the price a, of that? Oh, uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there's, maybe there's another, I don't know, boyfriend don't, locking in the background. Or what, what, what is the price of well, when you say space? Yeah. Well, what do you mean by like when you say taking a break in the relationship, like not seeing each other for a long time or? We are taking a break, not just from the argument, but maybe okay. a short break from the relationship. Oh, I see what you're saying. Taking a break from the relationship. Well, if, if one of the people is ready to move forward and the other wants to take a break, it might not work out because that person may go on and find someone else. I think that's what you're saying. If there's too much of a feeling of time passing, it really depends on the relationship. And also it can be such a disappointment to the person that's ready to handle these emotional issues together and wants to move forward if the other one stops out like that. That can be very hard. On the other hand, if it's a, a break that makes sense and this person really needs it and it, it's valid. It depends how long it is. And it, I think it has to be mutually agreed upon. That's what I would say. If a break is, is sought by one partner, both have to feel it's okay. And if they don't, they shouldn't agree to have one. And they can always change their minds. I mean, I think one thing I would say people forget is you can decide one thing and go back later and say, I made a mistake. Just because you, you know, told someone, I think people feel very ashamed about changing their mind or saying, I still love you. Can you come back? Sometimes it's so hard. They were fighting words and they don't want to back down. And then they get really confused and they don't give themselves a chance to make it work. So it's okay between you and your partner to say, I'm sorry, I changed my mind. Let's do this. 
Because yeah, it's just or, it's between yeah. you two, right? Yes, of course. And that's a way of opening up. It's saying, I was so angry. I thought this. Now I realize. Or I was so upset with you. I just rejected you. I didn't mean to. Now I realize how much I love you. Can we try? Let's talk about it, right? There is no shame in that. And no. one should not pull in the friends or the family. Yes, and that's better. It's better... You're pointing something out that's very important, and I think everyone does makes this mistake and learns from it. If you talk to everyone about what's going on, you can lose track of what's important. You'll get all kinds of advice from your family and friends, and then they also think that you've made a choice. And if you go back on that, like you decide, I want to get back together, maybe they're going to, you'll feel worried that they'll make fun of you or they'll, they won't they'll think you don't know what you're doing. You can't worry about that. You have to choose what your heart tells you and what you feel is right. And within reason, of course, because sometimes your heart is going to tell you something that's not a good idea. But I think based on what you and your partner figure out together, you'll decide. You know, just before we move on to the last segment, what is a website? If somebody in your area wanted to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you for help? I'm actually on Psychology Today. You can find me there and email me if you're in California. Currently, I am not licensed in any other states, so I'm not really available to see people out of California. Though sometimes I help people find a referral in another area. Thank you for that. And I just wanted to touch on fighting words. How about fighting words that annoy each other and list making? How can we avoid talking in circles, couples, and working towards a resolution? That's a big question. <laughs> I think that's very uh, specific to the couple. Well, you know, I'm in an active gynecologic practice. I see women oh, every I know. day. I yes, know. and, and I hear like, these things. Yeah, and I wish I could help, but then I'm not a psychologist, you know. Well, you probably do help them. I'm sure you give them really practical advice. Nothing, you know, it, it's some of it is just common sense. If you're over and over lambasting your partner or you're fighting constantly, it's going to wear you down, wear down the partnership. It's going to wear down your partner. It's going to make you more dissatisfied. And it reminds you of all of the disappointments and the negative things. I think it's important to, if you can start to remind yourself of that in itself, it can help you lift yourself out of these bad patterns of thinking about your partner in a certain way. I think becoming aware, this is really the key to therapy for individuals too, becoming aware that you're going on a kind of loop, thought loop about your partner that's negative is very important. It's part of shifting your perspective. And when you start to notice you're doing that, change the channel, that's what I call it. You know, Go outside, take a walk, do something nice for yourself. Remind yourself of the good things about the partner. I think that's something people don't do enough of. Remember what you appreciate. Remember what you love. Tell your partner what you appreciate and love about them, even though you're upset. 
Wow, that's strong. That's strong. 